Welcome to Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. Uh, today, well, I'm Jacob, if you didn't know, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-wrangler, Allison. Hello, hello. And uh, we have some wonderful guests in the studio today. Um, who do we got with us here today? We've got Mo and Des. If you two want to introduce yourselves just a little bit. Well, my name is Mo. Uh, I'm a student at Nevada State College pursuing a degree in special education. I have three minors in deaf studies, sociology, and psychology. Um, I am a substitute teacher, and I'm pretty involved in the uh, music community in Las Vegas. That's a lot. Got a lot going on, Mo. Mm-hmm. I like to have a lot going on. Yeah. Right on. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm Des. Um, I've been here for in Las Vegas for about five years now, moved here from Hawaii, um, came here to pursue my bachelor's in business administration, graduated last year and has since um, started up two companies. Um, thankfully, you know, very thankful to have done that with my husband. Um, one is a growth marketing agency and the other is actually a podcasting launch agency. So super cool to be here today. Excellent. And Allison, you can tell us what they, why they're here today. Yeah. So today we invited Mo and Des to come on to talk about the DWELL program. So our listeners know we have had on past residents in the past. Um, just to bring people up to date about the program, DWELL is a program part of a nonprofit called Communitas America. And Communitas America invests in impact ecosystems in underserved communities to bring change makers uh, to the forefront to bring them together um, through different opportunities such as co-living, co-working, and impact education ventures, um, partnerships between schools, social entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. So um, the founders are originally from Seoul, South Korea, and their first U.S. venture is in Las Vegas with a co-living space called DWL Las Vegas. And DWL Las Vegas strives to offer a co-living space that's apartments where people are choosing to live and collaborate together to create a positive impact in the community. A social incubator, if you will, and what we do is we select people from different uh, backgrounds. The idea is that People live and work in silos, and through this program, I'm trying to bring together people from different backgrounds, both professional and personal, and hopefully since they're living in close proximity to each other, they'll be exposed to issues that they normally wouldn't encounter. So in the past, we've had nonprofit professionals, small business owners, and right now we have a bunch of artists in the program, and so we thought it would be cool to have on two of our newest residents, um, badass women, to talk about... um, their professional lives and what they've um, gained from the DWELL program. So welcome, guys. Yeah, thank you thank so much you. for having us. So could you guys tell us a little bit, um, go into a little bit more in depth about what you're, um, what you're involved in and what your, what your social mission is here in Las Vegas? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so like I'd mentioned, um, have two companies. Um, so I, for the most part, work from home. 
if I'm not working at a nearby coffee shop or uh, maybe in the backyard. I am in my little studio. Um, so I guess let's start with that, with the whole living situation. It is a very, very small space. I never would have thought that I would have seen myself living in such a small area, which is like 200 and something um, square feet. So it's like you have to definitely pick and choose what you keep. Um, a lot of the things are, I find myself keeping, you know, more sentimental things and, and throwing away and um, like recycling or, or letting go of like things that aren't super important when in real like before I would definitely accumulate a lot more things so it's like that lifestyle changes one um and then working from home like I definitely have to utilize the space very smart um you know you sleep you eat you work in the same space I find myself like finding uh collapsible items you know things that like you just are very smart with the space mm -hmm. so that's another thing too um but as far as what I do professionally as well, um, definitely a lot of collaborations with the downtown area, a lot of different uh, creators, artists there too. Um, so in my work uh, with growth marketing, I handle a lot of the creative side with creating campaigns for websites, um, advertisements. So it's, it's a very interesting space and community that fosters that creative side to my work as well. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, question for you though on that. So you said that um, your business ventures you're involved with your husband. Yeah. Do you live together in this 200 and some square foot <laughs> apartment? That's so funny you asked. Yes. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> okay. okay, that's a whole other um, side of the coin too, right? It's like we already have such a small space and now we have to share it. Right. And with a small dog, mind you. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Small dog. <laughs> which, yeah, his name is Smalls. Super oh, fitting. perfect name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, and we've gotten, you know used to it I guess it seems okay. very normal now mm -hmm. that's awesome I mean I can't imagine 200 some square feet with another person so like that <laughs> that that's awesome I I'm, never would have thought I think either. that's awesome but the good thing is I mean because uh, they've invested a lot in their communal areas and if you right. do need a, and you guys live and work together mm -hmm. if you do need a breather you can go chill by the hammocks or the fire pit so that's the cool thing about it it's definitely like I never stayed in a dorm I never had that Part of the college mm. experience but I think this is like a cool mature way of experiencing dorm life and I do feel that like I have my little private area inside of our 200 square feet but then if I like as soon as I want to socialize I can step right outside and there's the balcony there's the pool there's you know all these other amenities that is awesome mm -hmm. yeah you have some pretty sweet amenities I will say that yeah I have looked at them longingly many times while I'm working <laughs> And how about you, Mo? So I would say I'm, I'm really grateful for the DWELL program. Um, initially, it was uh, a living space that I was excited about. Um, I am 23 years old, and I've been on my own since I was 17, but like always had roommates, always like shared a space. So I was very um, happy and grateful to enter a space that was my own, despite how small it was. Um, and I was really excited because I knew that it would teach me how to live more humbly and, and show me things that I didn't need and to just focus on me because it's just you in there and, and you know, by yourself. Um, so I'm really grateful for the space and for the program. The program has definitely um, opened up uh, my eyes to a lot of things, specifically in Las Vegas. Um, like Allison said, we kind of live in these silos. So even though... Um, 
I feel like I'm pretty well-rounded. I, I mostly know about the education and, and, and the entertainment life in Vegas. But Allison, for one, has uh, taught me a lot about the culture in Vegas and the history and, and things involving art and things like that, um, which I probably wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. Um, so just those learning experiences outside the classroom have been pretty awesome. And I definitely agree with Des in terms of it, it being very similar to a dorm kind of life. Um, and I really enjoy the space and I enjoy the community. I've been a part of like uh, supportive communities like this before. And so it's nice to have like a, a good group of people that like have their head on straight um, and like have a, a good balance with like their you know, the people that they socialize with, their work, and their goals. Um, as far as my social mission, I feel like the main thing that I do all the way around is educate people in one way or another, um, whether that's on what's going on in Vegas, what they can do to entertain themselves, or to let them know about the injustices that are happening, you know, right down the street from them, specifically in, in schools uh, for, for students of color. Um, and for students with disabilities. So advocating um, on that behalf, teaching people about uh, people first language and like um, important ways to address people. Um, also in like the LGBTQ community, waking people up to the violences committed against that community, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm just all around about uplifting people. Um, I'm particularly involved with uh, things that empower women um, and women leaders. And uh, that's kind of my my forte. That's awesome. And so Mo, I know you said you're a special education student mm -hmm. at Nevada State. So what do you want to do with that? Uh, obviously, you're passionate about education. Yeah. Um, when I was little, um, growing up without much, I, I noticed the kind of like common denominator with the people in my community and why we were all kind of stagnant was that we weren't educated. Mm. And so from a very early age of probably about eight, I had decided like, I'm going to go to Stanford or I'm going to go to Harvard or something and, and, and change this cycle and get out of this, this generational cycle of poverty. And, um, I have kept that ever since I've noticed that like consistently, um, education is kind of the main way out. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that get lucky and, you know, become professional athletes or artists and things like that. But, um, if you are fortunate enough to access college, um, and it is, you know, something that you feel comfortable in because college isn't for everyone. I do think that you should invest in yourself in that way. Um, and when I was in high school, I realized um, how much of a disadvantage students with disabilities were at, particularly because they were often neglected in um, my experiences. They were often um, kept in a corner, um, kind of isolated from the rest of the school population, um, just kind of hidden away like the orphan child, basically. And that made me feel really uneasy. And so I started getting involved with um, those students and the special education teachers and learning more about um, how to help them and how to support them and um, getting to know their families and things like that. And um, I was inspired by those teachers and I really didn't have a plan otherwise to do anything else I thought maybe I'd be a journalist and like move to New York and write about the truth and give people you know what they needed to know what the government was hiding from them so that was the plan before that and then I found um that community and I was like these kids need help you know more help than um most people can give I know it takes a lot of patience and um a lot of passion 
But I was like, if we keep ignoring this population, um, they're never going to have a chance to succeed in anything. Um, So it really just bothered me how, like, for example, I at one point in my senior year in high school, I saw the students with disabilities um, cleaning the cafeteria. And I thought to myself, like, why are they cleaning up after other people? Like, why aren't they in the classroom, you know, doing something? And I had asked around. Most people didn't know why that was the case, had never really you know, yeah, I never really thought about it, never even seen them doing it or whatever. And then I asked um, one of my AP English teachers and she said, well, they're teaching them a skill so that they can at least be, you know, at the very least custodians or janitors after they graduate. Um, And uh, later on, I realized that um, for students with disabilities, they typically have an individualized education plan specifically for them, tailored to their needs, and and there's goals involved and in how you're going to uh, help that student achieve those goals. And a part of that is um, transition planning. Like every student is supposed to have a plan after they leave high school, but this is something that's typically uh, left out in the documentation. Um, there's not usually... Um, a well thought out plan for that student after they graduate high school. And so it's like, where do these people go? You know what I mean? Um, granted, there are some uh, people that go and work at Opportunity Village and, and places that accept students, you know, people with disabilities. But for most of them, um, I would imagine that they just kind of stay with their parents for the rest of their lives. And I feel like they have a lot more potential than that. And if we can help them reach that potential I feel like overall we could uplift each other in that way so a common theme in our program but especially um, talking to both of you is empowering young people empowering women Um, can you talk about um, ways that you've gone about that doing that in your business ventures yeah definitely so my social mission specifically is to empower people that are underserved or disadvantaged uh, through skill sets that are digital, so digital skill sets that might be able to help them shift or change their socioeconomic situation. Um, So what that means is basically whether they are interested in learning design, podcasting, podcast production, even at the most basic level, website creation, um, sales funnel design, like anything of that sort, that I know that I can help somebody else to learn um, and utilize to, like I said, change their situation. Um, that's totally what I'm about. That's my social mission. That's my drive every day. Um, and how that came about basically was out of necessity myself. So I definitely went to school for business administration and marketing, but I mean, the business world, the marketing world, same like technologies changing so quickly. Um, I mean, even recently, Facebook has recently changed their algorithm, you know, little things like this that you think you know something, but then you have to keep learning and relearning. And, um, you know, it's always, it's always changing. It's ever changing. Like the demise of Vine. Basically, (laughs) right? Yeah. But it's also a forte, though, because you can learn and self-learn all of these things. You can learn all of these different tools and softwares. I will say that a lot of what I know, I didn't learn in school. I taught myself web design, graphic design, um, basic podcast production, but at least the basics so that, um, you know, you can then take it, turn it into a package, a service, 
sell it and then there you go you can work from home you can start supporting yourself these are for i mean i would like to reach out to women who maybe are not in very good situations that would like to be more independent um you know that really speaks to me that's who i definitely serve um the way that i'm doing that now is uh i'm planning on making courses online everything free of course online tutorials youtube videos um you have a book too that's true <laughs> that's oh. yeah thank you for bringing that up um yeah so uh my husband and i we wrote this book called marketing essentials and it's basically it's all the basics that you need to know if you're a bootstrap entrepreneur um bootstrap digital designer agency and you know these are just like the basic things of getting your brand in order and how you just pull everything together like at this point you probably know what you're good at you have your basic skill set whatever that one niche is or maybe you have multiple you can have like a little agency but how do you pull it all together into one brand and then present yourself uh that stands apart from so many other folks that maybe providing the same service you know mm -hmm. what is that one thing that sets you apart and it really comes down to what is your why what is you know it, it really comes down to what is your why it comes down to your story like why did you start this what is that one golden nugget that people will say like okay i'm gonna go with your service versus everybody else who may offer the same thing maybe your service is even more expensive you know but but uh it really comes down to that one thing what is your why mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that yeah it's very cool so um what what have you both gotten out of your experience at dwell so you've talked a lot about kind of like what you do in the community and what you're involved in but i know dwell's involved or uh, composed of a lot of people from a lot of different areas in las vegas and do a lot of different things so what have you gotten out of that experience i would say that um at the time that I had entered DWell, which was um, in last November, um, I had kind of gotten away from uh, service-oriented activities. Um, I, I did a lot of community service like in the years prior, um, but since I was focusing so much on my degree and my minors and completing those classes, I wasn't spending a lot of time outside in the community unless involved with like the specific organizations that I work with and just those activities. So mm -hmm. I was kind of um, disconnected in a way, um, just kind of like at my school, putting a lot of time and energy into my school and student government. And um, I was the, the president of a club for a couple years, um, that kind of thing. So when I joined DWell, it really kind of um, broke me back out of that and got me back to, well, you know, even though these aren't communities that I typically uh, work with, um, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in other places. So like, um, in the homeless community and just different communities that you think about, but don't like actually go out and do something. Mm -hmm. Um, like you think about them in the back of your mind, but Allison is just so good about helping you connect with the right people. If you really do want to do something and, and getting out there with you and, and helping you meet people and, and showing you, um, different aspects of life all throughout Vegas. And intersectionality cool. is already something that you're very familiar with regardless. So I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. 
but there's always something to learn from Allison. Like I was telling Des earlier, like I feel like when I'm with Allison, like I don't know anything. I've never been anywhere. Like I was just born yesterday. Like <laughs> wow. Whoa. And then, like, like, I'm just always Can learning something. Can that be something. the name of our episode? <laughs> Except with cartoons, Allison's never watched one. No. I just feel like I'm always learning something from her, like something I would have never even thought to like look up or ask or talk to someone about, like just things that you don't think about, especially when you're just doing your day to day. That's so nice. Like so, you didn't know that aspirin sometimes co- contains caffeine. I did not know I that. I'm going to take a picture of a bottle today and show it to you. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, like This, this is life changing information that you'll acquire. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's all I do. Oh, well, thank you for that, Mo. That's very nice of you to say. Very generous. Thank you. <laughs> I think Allison uh, teaches me in particular uh, a lot more than she realizes just by being Allison, just like la-di-da going about her typical day. Like, I don't think she realizes like how much knowledge she has about so many things that other people don't have or other people don't think about. No, she knows. (laughs) 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 No, do go on. There may have been some eye rolling from the peanut gallery on that one. Nonetheless, though, I do appreciate it. And I'm very grateful for Allison, like as a mentor, like it's important to have a mentor. And I know everyone, especially people of color, don't typically have one. So, oh, my God, you're going to make me cry. Don't cry on your own podcast. No, please. Jose, Ashley and I have never seen Allison cry. So if if you make it happen. Oh, God. I will commemorate this for ever. AOC and Mo can make me cry. Wow. 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 You're in wow. good company wow. there, wow. man. Yeah. Oh, there with yeah. AOC. That's, That's pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, can you guys um, share a little bit about, um, so Dwell is about collaborating. Um, share a little bit about some um, collaborations that you've gone about in the program that you wouldn't necessarily have expected. Um, I would say that or something that helped you out. Maybe there's a certain DJ and music producer in the program that has taken you under his wing or whatnot. Yeah, I would say like because there's so many different types of people in Dwell and everyone's from like all different walks of life. Um, like, for example, um, Oliver in the program being in theater, like I was never interested in theater and um not that there's anything wrong with it I just myself didn't couldn't see myself involved in it um but he's very open about um him being a playwright and very like welcoming in terms of like come to this play come to this reading um so just kind of that exposure into this different world that people live in and it's just very normal to them um it's very interesting and uh seeing other people's line of work is really cool just to just be aware about other things out there and be able to connect other people that you do know who are interested in these things with those people. Um, and I, I do feel like, um, Luke, who's in the program, um, being like a very, like pretty established, uh, DJ and producer, very experienced, um, like formally and informally, um, that I'm able to learn a lot from him in terms of like music production and like, um, investing in myself in the future and, and learning from his mistakes um, so I don't make the same ones that he did and um, just kind of taking bits and pieces from everybody. There's there's something to learn from everybody, um, even if they're not directly teaching you. And especially because like um, with me and Des, like we're the kind of the youngest people in the program. So just life experience in general, um, I've definitely um, taken a lot from the other people. 
awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely where um, I feel like in terms of collaboration, it's been an ongoing form of collaboration for me anyway. Um, oftentimes, because I work from home, I find myself very cooped up and always like, you know, I can control my own hours. And that's a good and a bad thing a lot of the time because I might just not even see sunlight for, or I mean, step outside for like <laughs> an entire day and not feel it and be like, oh my gosh, right? So um, I think mental health wise, emotional health wise, um, if you consider that like a form of collaboration, Absolutely. I feel like that's definitely where I feel like I really have a family, um, mm. like another, you know, close to home family that I can just reach out to if I need to talk you know I like literally I call up Mo or I call up Brent and I'm like hey what's up or just like or like about resources too like hey do you know where I can get this or like do you know anywhere like where this is cheap or like Mm -hmm. you know like what doctor do you use or or, you know my dog or whatever simple stuff but like just this community that you can you know rely on and even for feedback too it's like hey what do you think of this like what do you think of my project here you know and I don't have to worry about um you know, I trust these people Mm -hmm. and I don't think about them judging me. Like I can be full blown, like lay it all on the table and tell me what you think, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a greater trend that we're seeing, um, particularly in the U.S. where people are getting uh, married later in life, not they're, you know, they're moving to the cities, they're moving away from their families. So they're creating new types of families. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really enjoy about the program. We're um, nearing our second year anniversary. And I dare say that, you know, the people in the program, it's a type of family, you know, um, we, uh, people have been through a lot of situations. And I'm here to assist you guys both in your personal and professional development. And I just see and you know, I don't live in the space. Um, but I see that you guys support each other you know you give each other rides and you help each other babysit your dogs or whatever and just yeah bouncing ideas off of one another and it's really cool that we're fostering a new type of community um a different type of family and I think that's really like that that at the end of the day has no has no price Mm -hmm. and you always roll together because I've I I think I've never met one D-Well resident without meeting without there being other D-Well residents around. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, there, I've never just encountered one D-Well resident in the wild. It's always been, it's always been a group. Yeah. We're, it's yeah. not everybody together, but it's, it's like a group, I which mean, I think is super cool. We're like the Brady Bunch. Right. Which you don't, which you don't see with adults. It's hard. It's really difficult to mm-hmm. like have that as, as like an adult when you're out of school and you're a professional or you're living somewhere different than, you know, like it's, it's hard to make those connections and you all have that, which I think is really awesome. It's really yeah. awesome. We actually had a team building and group building exercise or workshop about a month ago. And the um, person that led the class usually leads this in a um, professional environment. And this is a professional environment. Do you mean previous guest, Paige Patton? I do indeed. Okay. Just of, checking. Uh, glass always full. Yes. I yeah. had to think about that for a second, yes, because I don't, that's not my. <laughs> Allison's a I don't... glass. Usually like, mostly empty because yeah. she's been Champagne drinking a lot. Champagne coupe, half, yeah. half right. empty, yes. Right. But um, it was really cool because um, I hosted it at my place. You know, I had people on the couch and on the floor, and everybody's on top of each other, and they're hugging, and they're like, you know, I love you, man. And these are not these are not things that, uh, you know, usually you encounter, especially with Americans. No, never. To be just so outspoken and loving with one another, it's really awesome. Why are you laughing? It was really cool. Yeah, that that may have sounded like an adult film. <laughs> no, 
No, we were super vulnerable with each other. Yeah. I mean, even, like, we... I mean, there's Nima, who's very new to the group, too. There are some folks that are, like, Chase and, and Brendan Oliver, who've been there kind of from the beginning. And, like, we still, no matter, like, when we enter the program, meshed super well. And we're very open about, like, oh, hey, so you do this well. But, you know, maybe this is where your downfall is. But here's where I can help. And this is where my weakness is and where you could help me. And it was, like, very open like that yeah mm-hmm. i would say That's there's awesome. a lot of like cultural awareness in d well because we're such a diverse group like luke from you know he's japanese and like des being from hawaii and then like we have nima who's like in iraq right now like and he's comfortable being in iraq or iran, iran. he's in iran and uh just so many different things like different types of food that come about and experiences um just you know when you don't either work with that community or see that community you don't think about those cultural differences and like just you know in terms of respect how they greet people just the simplest things so it's it's again like the exposure there's been a lot of exposure in dwell for me that's awesome yeah that's what i'm looking to create a very enriching experience and being exposed to um different ideas different backgrounds and you know learning from everybody and respecting uh respecting our differences right well and i mean i know i've said this before maybe maybe not on the podcast but allison you cultivate that for your friend group so it only makes sense you also cultivate that for your work absolutely yeah 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 yeah. Mm. well yeah um so uh we've got some questions about like some some las vegasy specific things Mm -hmm, so we we all we all are Mm -hmm. Living in the city, um, you know, three three out of the four of us that are around the mics right now live downtown. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got some questions about some of your favorite things in Las Vegas. So, Mo, I know when we were talking earlier, we, we, we both really enjoy music. Where's your favorite place in Las Vegas to go hear music? And then also maybe your favorite live music venue, knowing that those are two different things. Those are very two, yeah. two very different things, yes. Um, so I will say uh, I spend a, a lot of time downtown just because it's convenient. And there's a lot of different places to go. Um, I would recommend um, checking out Commonwealth, mm-hmm. um, particularly on Wednesdays. Um, oh. I work for um, a group called Underground Events, which basically focuses on giving local DJs a platform um in electronic music specifically um so there's different genres um different types of 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 house um there's dubstep there's techno um there's lots of different like um some disco dance vibes and uh every wednesday we have an event called club soda it's from 10 p.m to 2 a.m um on the commonwealth rooftop and um it's only ten dollars and um Every week we have different local DJs and then we also have one headliner who comes on around midnight. Okay. Um, so it's a chance to find uh, DJs like right here, like in your backyard or like around right. the corner from you that you didn't know. And they also get to um, share their own like original pieces during their sets. Um, so you can find local local DJs. Um, typically they, you know, they have um, their online platforms. So you can listen to them, follow them, you know, see what other event they're going to. Um, and then headliners. We usually bring headliners from out of state, um, okay. sometimes even out of the country, wow. um, to debut in Vegas for the first time. So I would say I would recommend that for just like just music in general. Very cool. As far as my favorite like music venue, I would say um, depending on the artists or the group or like what the event was, I do enjoy uh, the joint. 
at the mm-hmm. Hard Rock. Um, the Hard Rock Live is a pretty cool space. It's a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and the House of Blues. The House of Blues will probably always be a really good venue to me. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great. It's very, very intimate. Both Hard Rock Live and the House of Blues are very intimate. Yeah. 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 For sure. I like those spaces. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we've talked about going to go um, to Gospel Brunch, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were oh, serious right. about it. Got uh-huh. it. Okay. Of course yeah. I was serious. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I know you were serious. It's you as much religion as Allison can <laughs> take. Yeah, for, yeah. And I, know, I told I you we have it's to dress, dress up decade. as, like, yeah, like, Baptists. Yeah. Full out. Okay. That we do not have enough time no, to, I have to understand. A, I have a very exactly specific how look. Baptist shoulder dress. pads and like you know the hats and the '80s and the peplum. You okay, know, we uh, like, so yeah. you're like gonna fan- dress like David Byrne from the Talking Heads no, at Gospel like Brunch. Fancy, is this what we're talking about? Fancy Southern ladies going to church on a Sunday <laughs> in the '80s. Very specific look that I'm trying to in achieve the there in okay. the '80s. Just of checking. course, All best right. decade ever. I don't disagree, but I'm not quite sure about this '80s church lady. Yeah. Look, okay. I can totally see Mo in that outfit. I <laughs> totally fine. I don't know. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. And uh, Des, do you have any cool Hawaiian recommendations? So before I moved downtown, um, I was living in Henderson, and I would say that although I'm super, I'm like really very very picky about my hawaiian food here Mm -hmm. um there were some really good pokey places in henderson Mm -hmm. very fresh and you know like i haven't even been down that way in such a long time i don't drive so i do spend like most of like a lot of my time um in downtown too Mm -hmm. so in that sense i haven't had poke in a while i haven't had hawaiian food but when i do go over there that's what i look forward to so i have a question though because you said you often work from coffee shops yeah so what are what are your favorite places to work from? I know this is gonna sound really mainstream, but pu- no, cool. <laughs> Publicus. No. That's all right. That's yeah. mainstream for Vegas. We, yeah, yeah, we would no. Publicus <laughs> here. Yeah, mainstream we Publicus. would be Starbucks. Star- yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that yeah. would be the. Okay. Yeah. And I'd so I'm still kick a little bit of here. They have fast the Wi-Fi. That's what they have. Starbucks. That's the one thing they've got. Mm-hmm. No, I like Publicus because everybody's there to like co-work. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. like it's super. Yeah. I mean, the the setup is like super open, airy. Um, I can breathe. I can like look around and see what everybody else is doing. You know, mm-hmm. they have a cool aesthetic right. in there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, we frequently we have our meetings. Alice and I oftentimes in public us. So yeah. so we can't. We could never. We could never disparage a place that we like and use so much. So. Mm-hmm. No, but we we'll just. Them. I'll just put it out there that I would like a coffee shop that opens beyond. I don't know five or eight o'clock in the evening. This is why I That's stay in my true. coffee shops in Spring Valley. Allison, you know this. I know. That's a journey. Open late. (laughs) Yeah. Well, putting it out there, downtown Las Vegas people open a coffee shop or a tea house. I would love that. That stays open late. (gasps) You don't even need to open a new place. Just stay open later for Allison. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, Des, can you give our listeners information? What's the name of your book so they can check it out and we can link it up in our Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Web, it's website. called um, Show notes. Mar- Show notes. Marketing Essentials. You can find it on Amazon. Marketing Essentials. Yeah. Okay. By Desiree DaCosta. Yes. Uh-huh. Perfect. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks. And social media handles, guys? Um, my, my Instagram, I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, at DJ underscore Mojito, spelled M-O-E-E-J-I-T-O. Oh, I like that spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm at, um, Des DaCosta on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. 
cool, cool, cool. Sweet. And for your for business purposes, you can hit me up and learn more about what I'm doing at my website, also just desdacosta.com. Cool, cool. Perfect. Yes, D E Z. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Cool. And we'll have all that in the show notes. Yes. We'll we'll when when we post this on Instagram, we will tag Mo and Des. Sure. So we make sure that people can find you. And we'll Thank link you. the awesome. website yeah. to D Well as well. So the website right. is D Well Vegas. Um, you can apply online now. So looking forward to receiving your applications. Allison will read it and judge it accordingly. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both, Mo and Des, for joining us today on Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. It has been a pleasure. As always, I am Jacob, joined with Allison. And our producer, Jose Sotelo. And he also composed our theme music. Don't ever forget that. You forget it all the time. I know. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I believe we're going to have a track provided by Mo to yes. conclude this episode. So yes, looking forward to that. original track um, played at the, the end. Uh, can be found on my SoundCloud under DJ Mojito, same spelling. Um, the song is called Can You Dig It? So I think this is the first time on an episode we have so- had someone share their SoundCloud. I'm really excited I about feel that. like this is going to be really big really with the younger millennials. That. Yeah. yeah. I, on Twitter, I, it's all about the SoundCloud now, which I don't understand. I don't even fun. know what that is, but okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a cloud. There's music on it. It's a cloud of sound. It's a cloud of sound. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do we have with us, Allison, before you get distracted? We have our research assistant who um, confirmed the difference between a slash, a dash, and a hyphen for me, Ashley Pacheco. <laughs> and? And creative assistance by Berta Gutierrez. And as always, Raven, the den, the dog den. The dog in the den of descent. Yes. Whose tail has not been wagging much She's during behaved. this episode because she wagged it all the time while we were eating. Yeah. Well, we yeah. were getting our Peruvian chicken on. And what did what were we drinking today, Allison? What cocktail did you have today? Today, I did not drink any cocktail, me personally. Actually, and I just wanted to do a little parenthesis because it was pointed out to me that on one of our past episodes featuring Sara Ortiz of the Black Mountain Institute, we talked ad nauseum about Topo Chico without saying what it was. And I had people like tweeting at me. They're like, it sounds so delicious, but what is this? What is this? Guys, it's the best mineral water on the planet. It is a cult classic, originally bottled in the state of Nuevo Leon in my native Mexico. It's very effervescent. It'll give you gas. It's like, but it's like really nice and tasty, very minerally. And um, what else is mineral water for? Right, I mean, help you get it out. Exactly, exactly. And they were one of the sponsors at the Believer Fest. So shout out to Topo Chico. You can now get it in the United States. Look it up, my peeps. So that's what I drank today. That's what you. That's what I drank today. Yeah, just checking. Yeah, yeah. Mm All right. Alrighty. All right. Well, I mean, I I think just giddy up then. Yeehaw.